This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Huge win for the Second Amendment in the Miller versus Bonta case. John Dillon, the attorney on the case, is on the line to talk about this victory. But first, have you gotten your tickets yet? Hey, Gun Owners Radio is hosting a movie screening of the plot against the president. Two of them. Uh, two locations, not two movies. June 10th is in Orange County for all you Orange County folks up there. That'll be June 11th and is right here. And then the next one is right here in San Diego. Afterwards, there'll be a Q&A session with the director, Amanda uh, Melius, and some special guests. And you got to... Go to see who she's bringing. Go to gunownersradio.com to get your tickets uh, before it's all sold out. Put It's on your calendar. June 10th for Orange County, June 11th for San Diego, and all the information will be right there. Hey, folks, tune into your YouTube live stream at youtube.com slash gunownersradio. And for once, our special guest has good news. John Dillon, our attorney. How you doing, bud? I'm doing very well. I've had a good weekend. <laughs> it's about time. Nobody's yeah. worked, nobody's worked harder than you to bring good news. He's had a great weekend. I called him Friday when I, I heard the news. I called to get an update, and John was giggling. That's how good <laughs> all a you could hear were champagne bottles corking. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Uh, on Friday, I, I was actually uh, I just gotten out of my car. And so, uh, you know, I hadn't checked my email or anything. And then uh, my co-counsel on the case, uh, George Lee, he sends me a text. We won. And I stared at it for a few (laughs) seconds, not truly understanding uh, what was going on. And then I, you know, hand my kid over to my wife. I run in the house and open up my computer, start looking at my emails. And then I... I see that we got the decision, uh, and it's a decision that states that California's Assault Weapon Control Act is unconstitutional. So it it was a a very good thing, that's for sure. So, nice, yeah, that, nice news coming home. So, so for folks maybe that are have just tuned in for the very first time, kind of give us a a, a short story of, of what that was all about. Yeah, so the uh, Assault Weapon Control Act uh, in California, it was actually the first assault weapon prohibition that was ever enacted in this country, and it started in 1989. And over the last 30 years, it's been uh, amended a number of times and expanded each and every one of those times. Uh, It started off by naming guns by a make and model and then uh, turned into a prohibition on firearms based off of certain characteristics. And these characteristics are stuff like a pistol grip or a collapsible or adjustable stock, a flash hider, or a forward vertical grip. You know, 
parts that you attach to the gun but have no actual effect on the mechanics of the gun, the rate of fire of the gun, or the you know, ballistics of the gun. Um, so you know, state of California has been prohibiting these for years and, and uh, preventing you know, lawful gun owners from using these firearms. And what uh, people have been forced to use in this state for many years are these, you know, what people often describe as neutered firearms that don't have the characteristics that people desire and use and, and want to make their gun a, a more efficient, reliable gun. Uh, and so we challenged that. And we stated that, you know, such a prohibition it violates the Second Amendment rights of Californians. And uh, the court agreed uh, with our arguments and has uh, stated that it is, in fact, unconstitutional. The cool thing about this is this is the first time in the country uh, that a federal court has ruled an assault weapon uh, prohibition as unconstitutional. So this is a major, major win for gun owners in California, but also just for the Second Amendment across the country. Yeah, and they, one of the things that I kept hearing in the media was that that, it, that this has been in place for 30 years. And what they're referring to is that the first, the first, uh, you know, first time it was put into place was 1989, right? Yeah, but it's had at least two major changes. Uh, one was right around 2000, and then one was just a couple years ago. Um, so they make it sound like they put it in place 1989, and then everything was hunky dory for 30 years, and then out of the blue, we just suddenly decided we didn't like it. But you know, it's been getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, and and really, yeah. what it boils hey. down to, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a gun ban. Is really all this is. A hundred percent. And in fact, the law, the Assault Weapon Control Act actually got expanded after we even filed this case. So, so we you know, filed our complaint and we're, we're in the middle of this uh, trial. And during this time, they expanded the Assault Weapon Control Act again yeah. and made up a whole new category of prohibited gun. And so you're right, you know, Anyone who says, like, oh, well, this has been in place for decades. I don't know why they were thinking of changing it. It's like, no, no, no. It, it's been around since 89, but it has been constantly changed and constantly expanded uh, with, with no benefit at all. All right. Uh, so, so John, gun crime. let me be the yeah. devil's advocate here for a second. Okay. We're all excited. Champagne is, is flowing freely in the studio. Can they do anything to turn it over? change it appeal it what can they do well yeah you know you know this is a judicial system they they have uh the ability to appeal this decision and you know I, i'd be shocked if the, the state didn't appeal it i know that the governor and the attorney general's office have issued statements stating that they they will appeal um so yeah it's not the end of the road uh, but Getting this win is a huge, huge step. You know, their uh, partner I, I worked with often says, like, yeah, you know, uh, the other side's always going to appeal, and you may have to fight down the road, but getting that first win is a big deal. You know what it's um, like, Dave? It's like when you're playing poker, you know, and there's like 80 of sitting around a table, mm -hmm. and uh, they deal the cards, and everybody looks at their two cards, and like half the table folds, mm -hmm. you know? And the other half stays in, and then they flop, and then the the half that stay in they fold. You know, well, to get in the game, you know, to actually play poker, 
you got to have a hand. Right. So this win is our hand. This is our. We got pocket aces. Right. Right. That's that's what that's so that's could, what we. So they could fight it, but it's going to be. I would think it'd be even more difficult to fight it because we won already. Yeah, it's always great to ha- have the initial win, like you said, and you know, and and yeah, they'll fight it, and guess what. We'll fight it too. We, we will follow this uh, all the way to the end. Uh, you know, the team that I got to work with, honestly, absolute honor to work with the guys I did on this case. Uh, you know, George, Lee, Eric, Jaffe, fantastic lawyers, amazing guys to work with. Firearms Policy Coalition, uh, Second Amendment Foundation, California Gun Rights Foundation. You know, these were organizational plaintiffs behind the case. And, you know, so we what can what can people do I, I'm, for this win? That's for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a ton of questions. Can people alter their guns right now or no? No. So d- don't do anything. Don't change your guns. Don't uh, start ripping off your, your fixed magazines or start attaching features yet. So as part of this decision, the the court actually put in a 30 day stay on his own uh, order. And and why? What, what's your opinion? A, why why do you think he did that? You know, I, I think uh, there is a uh, probably a sense of fairness that the, the the judge probably wanted to incorporate. You know, if he didn't do this, then the the state would have to go and do seek emergency stays of the orders, and you know, there would be kind of a, a hectic couple days of people not knowing what's the law, what they can and can't do. And to save people from that, uh, and to you know, give everyone a chance to deal with this decision, uh, whether you're for it or against it, uh, I think that he, he put that in to, to keep order and to allow uh, everyone the ability to do what they need to do. All right, John, make yourself a trophy, put it up on the mantle, <laughs> put a spotlight on it, and tap it on its head every night before you go to bed. All righty. You're the best, man. Thanks for some good news, finally. We'll be talking to you later, folks. If you need an attorney, John Dillon can't beat him. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Movie night is coming up, and we have the director, Amanda Melius, on the line. But this segment is sponsored by John Dillon, who we just spoke with, and the Dillon Law Group. And if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call attorney John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant, you can call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon, John Dillon specializes in California gun laws, so give him a call at 760-642-7150 or go to his website at dillonlawgp.com. All right, we have a very special guest, uh, Director Amanda Melius. Amanda, are you there? Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. My very favorite Hollywood director. How are you? I think I'm more of a Washington D.C. director. No, that's now, true. I just, you know what? I just realized. I just realized you're actually my second favorite Hollywood director. Right. And okay. but 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 number one and number two, you both have the same last name. So. Oh, okay. Well, that's. <laughs> a, we're gonna let that go. <laughs> How's it going? 
Good. How are you guys? Good. Very much looking forward to you coming out to California. Um, so for those who don't know, Amanda Melius is the director of the movie that we're showing. We're showing it uh, in Orange County on Thursday, and we're showing it Friday here in San Diego called The Plot Against the President. And uh, tell everybody a little bit about your documentary. Well, I mean, it's, you know, uh, it's basically about Russiagate and how Devin Nunes and his staff uncovered and uh, told the truth about the fact that the entirety of Russiagate, the Mueller investigation, all of it was uh, basically uh, based on a hoax, that the whole thing was untrue, which we know, I think, you know, a lot of people that are more politically aware know now, but there's still a lot of people out there that are like, you know, walking around thinking that uh, the last administration was somehow... Uh, in bed with the Russians, which is just ridiculous. And the reason that I still kind of uh, go on about it, and I think it's really important, is because in the movie you really clearly see the blueprint for how they pull off these hoaxes and the relationship between the the media and the intel community and all of these different factions, um, and they continue to do it. This is the kind of stuff that we see going on in all all different ways, all different uh, news stories these days. And I think that it's. I want to. I want to point out. It doesn't matter where you stand on Trump. It doesn't matter if you love him or hate him or indifferent. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, this could have been any plot. You know, and it could have been any president, which is something that I, I really learned from watching your movie. Um, that this was a tactic. We're really studying a tactic and how it was adopted by half of Congress and and you know most of the media followed it. Um, and, and that's what makes this movie really interesting and really amazing. Right. I mean, it's, it doesn't re- it's not yeah. about Trump. It's not, you I know, wouldn't even describe it as Trump a, at all. you already seen the movie. I, I, well, I yeah, I was, I, I, <laughs> I was definitely going to watch <laughs> it. I was going to watch it before I brought it to San Diego and got the director and told everybody to come see it. We didn't but come to your house and have a screening. But here's the thing. It's hour and a half long. This movie is so dense with information. There's no way you can just watch it once. So we watched yeah. it. My wife and I watched it. I actually interviewed Amanda. There's a Magnum episode, so almost two hours long of interview talking about it um, that's going to be up on our YouTube channel. And I purposely didn't watch it before I interviewed Amanda the first time and then uh, went and watched it and was just blown away. Uh, just absolutely beautiful piece of uh, cinema, and, and it was so interesting. It was, um, you know, it's like this, uh, it's, like a, it's like a whodunit, but it's real. It's real life, you know? It actually happened, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely a real spy thriller, and that's what it feels like. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we wanted to do it as a film, because it's a very entertaining, um, exciting story. It's not one of these kind of, you know, political docs where you're sort of getting lectured at about an issue. It's um, really thrilling. So it, it works perfectly as a film it is and th- and that's part of the reason we we wanted to do this this uh um you know bring amanda out and have you talk to our, our audience because if you just sit down and watch the movie you're going to really enjoy it but you're going to get so much more out of the question and answer session and listening to amanda there i, I have a feel how many hours worth of uh film was left on the cutting room floor I, I, there, there's so much information um you know out yeah. of, a lot there's a i mean there's there's like I think we have like 70 hours of footage and yeah the first cut of the movie was like five hours long and um, I keep talking about this but we're we're trying to uh, finally hone down where we're end- we're going to end up putting the series out which is like an extended version at some point um, but it's kind of got to go to the right place uh, so we're still working on that but yeah there's a lot 
there's yeah, it's there's there's plenty more uh, that that isn't in the movie. That's yeah. True. So you're going to get the opportunity to meet Amanda. You're going to get to ask her questions. We're going to watch the movie. Then we're going to do a Q and A. And you're also bringing Mike Cernovich, right? He's going to come out for yeah for San Diego, and I'm pretty sure OC. And he's going to join us. And he's one of these classic. Um, he's like a very known California. Uh, political commentator he speaks about legal issues in the movie uh because he is also an attorney and he was one of the only people in the very beginning um who who's an alternative news source that got the story right you know he was right about russiagate as much as people kind of get fired up about him these days and um you know the mainstream media obviously does not like him um guys like him guys like jack Kosobic, and obviously a lot of the other um alternative news sources they were right so what you know i'm no fan of russia i certainly don't like putin um i'm just curious what do you do you know like what were they doing what was russia doing during this whole thing it seems like they were kind of sitting back and and laughing and just just letting us uh uh you know be completely and totally ridiculous do you, do you, any 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 feedback or any information you have on on how the, the kremlin looked at, at that whole situation well, i think i think all of our um foreign adversaries uh, you know, they're smart enough to know that when their enemy is making um, giant mistakes themselves to, like, not interrupt them. So I think they were sitting back and having a laugh. Um, and I think that th- that's really who benefited from this. And um, it's actually something John Solomon speaks about in the in the doc. Um, he, he talks about how, yeah, I mean, really the only people that benefited from this are, um, are, are uh, adversaries. Because obviously it, it just Putin couldn't have designed a better operation than the Russia hoax, which is which is the great irony, you know, that that the uh, there were certain uh, people that were going after the president's uh, basically they didn't like the president's political agenda, um, which didn't is like the president didn't like the president, which yeah. is which is fine. There are a lot of political agendas I don't like. There are I don't there are very few presidents I have liked. You know, but to go after uh, a, a political adversary, especially somebody as important as the leader of the free world, uh, in in this manner, and, and it was it was really watching the movie reminded me of just how ridiculous this thing was. I mean, it was really just outlandishly, horribly clownish and ridiculous. Um, so for them to go after the, the president in this manner, you know, accusing the president of of being you know of damaging the democracy because he was siding with with Russia. The great irony is how much damage was done, uh, you know, by by what they were doing by this huge lie, you know, and how how Russia benefited from it. You know, that's the that's well, kind of that's one you, of the great ironies in this whole thing. But when you're super angry at somebody, reality doesn't come into play. D- don't you agree, Amanda? Yeah, I mean, and that's what they were, and they were they were threatened. Um, it's not even. I, I think the thing that they were more concerned with is that he was coming in with a new way of doing foreign policy and a new way of prioritizing American interests. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, being somebody that came from California, I knew nothing about politics, D.C., whatever. I moved here to to Washington, um, you know, in twenty twenty seventeen, the beginning of twenty seventeen. And um, it is really true. There's an entire industry that's built up around the way the government likes to do things, you know, and anybody that threatens that money flow is uh, this whole all these institutions are going to turn on them. Do, do you think I've said this more than once and I'm not an expert like you are, even Mike, but do you think he poked a bear and didn't realize how big the bear was? 
Um, I think he had a pretty good idea of how big the bear was. Um, I think, you know, I think a lot of things um, were done. I think the administration accomplished things were really amazing in the time that they had. Um, But at the same time, it's just you can't reverse 40 or 50 years of corruption in one administration, like one term. Or even two. Um, Right, exactly. So it's, it's, you know, I think, the yeah, and that's, that's that's think happened is like that's that's the bear you know it's not it's not exactly something you're going to perfectly beat back and as we can see it's basically a generational war well he did pull the curtain back on the wizard of oz there's no doubt about it because now the general public knows what they did they may not yeah not everybody believes it but the majority of the people if they look at it and i think if they watch this movie which i haven't seen yet um, but I think once they see this movie, then they'll have a better idea. Cause all we're looking for is the truth, you know? And it sounds to me like what Mike is saying, you know, this is factually the truth. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's, that's, what's amazing about it is that there's nothing, there's nothing in it that's even debatable. I mean, I've got, you've got occasionally people will see the, you know, I'll get review bombed by people who haven't even seen the movie, uh, which would usually happen after the president tweeted it out um, or something like that back when he had Twitter. Um, but, you know, and you'd get these people who'd be like, oh, this is propaganda or something. And you're like, you haven't even watched it. There's not one thing in it that isn't backed up by the transcripts um, from congressional hearings. Yeah, um, there was there, there's, a, there's a whole some of the people that are in it. Rick Grinnell's in it. Who, who else? Who, who are some oh, of the people good. that appear in it? Uh, Devin Nunes, um, Don Jr., um, John Solomon, uh, the Judicial Watch guys, uh, Tom Fitton. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, I mean, really, it's it's like, and uh, several good. other congressmen. Uh, Matt Gates appears in it and Jim Jordan and uh, Mike Turner, Congressman Mike Turner. Um, and so it really is like a good swath of, of the people who who really, you know, got this right. And I mean, remember when Nunez initially came out and took this position um, in the beginning, he wasn't even backed up by the other fellow Republicans um, in Congress. Yeah. yeah. Hold, hold on there. Hold on there. We're going to come back. Yeah, we're going to hold on to the next segment. But uh, t- for tickets, gunownersradio.com. Go to right. gunownersradio.com. You can buy tickets. There's still a lot left. So uh, uh, join us in the movie. We're going to uh, hold Amanda over. I'm going to talk about uh, uh, a whole lot more that she's doing. Because I want to know if she's got John Kennedy on. Because that guy needs to be in this movie. From Louisiana? Oh. Is he not the best? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You don't know who he is? I don't know is? if he's in there. I don't know. No, we'll have to we'll ask talk her when we come back. Hey, this is FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Folks, welcome back. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Blackhound Optics. Boy, they're accurate, affordable, and guaranteed. Sporting optics that go the distance. Backed by customer service that goes that extra mile. Great guys, great product, and a great company that is making optics affordable. On top of quality optics, they pay close attention to the customer experience. And did you know their scopes come with mounts? So you don't have to worry about finding one that fits. We are so excited to have them as an official partner of the show. Ask for them at your local gun store or find them online at blackhoundoptics.com. 
So we're talking with director Amanda Melius. She directed the movie The Plot Against the President, which is all about the, the ridiculous Russiagate scandal. So talk a little bit about – the movie was actually ready to go at the beginning of, of October, right? Yeah, that's actually – it came out um, October 9th, uh, and we had a couple of interesting run-ins. I mean, the, the main place a lot of people see it, it's available on Amazon – uh, and Amazon Prime. And initially, when we gave it to them uh, to release it, all of the other platforms released it, but they held it back for like two weeks doing this, what they called an extended content review, which my distributor, who's got hundreds of titles on Amazon, had never heard of before. So I'm not, we're not, you know, we're very happy and pleased that it's on there. And uh, we're not saying it was like censored or anything, but um, it definitely was a very uh, interesting process. It wasn't, there was not a lot of communication. Well, I mean, reading between the lines though, it, it sounds like that, you know, it was, it was, it was ready to go at the beginning of October, just in time for the election season. And it sounds like uh, that they stood in the way and they purposely delayed it. And, and, and the, the idea probably being um, that this was, this was, uh, this was an anti-Trump move. Is that, is that, is that your thinking on that? Um, that they thought they were doing an anti-Trump move. Yeah, that they were purposely uh, yeah. delaying it. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would think so. I mean, especially considering the relationship that a lot of these organizations have with the um, mainstream news media, who are proven to be totally wrong and have never, have never come back from it. Like I've never seen an apology by anybody at CNN or MSNBC. Um, I've never seen a massive retraction of all of their false reporting about the Russiagate hoax um, from the New York Times or the Washington Post. I've stopped holding my breath. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Amanda, I had a question for you. Um, My wife and I both watched that on Prime, actually. Enjoyed your movie immensely. It was great. And um, we were both shocked, actually, after we watched it, that we could get it on Prime. We were surprised it was going to be, it was still on there. Um, But a question. Well, what I was wondering about is, you know, knowing what you know now and seeing all the stuff that happened and everything you've learned in the documentary, um, how do you see this stuff going forward, um, like in 2022 and then again in 2024? Because the people that were terrified of Trump uh, to the point where they felt like they had to do these kinds of outrageous things, I think are still going to be feeling that way in 2024. Because, I mean... Whether it's Trump or not, what they've got to throw up there is is Biden or Harris, probably. So they're going to be facing the same kind of thing. How do you see that playing out later? Well, I think that's true, and I mean, I think these the, what what we have is a it's going to get worse before it gets better because I think we're now in like the punishment phase of um, basically having ever elected like for for having for the crime of having ever elected Trump. I think that certain parts of the country are going to be punished in all kinds of ways by the powers that be. But I think, yeah, this is going to be an ongoing issue in um, in the further elections. I mean, election integrity is going to be a huge part of the uh, problem uh, and an issue that needs to be addressed. But also, you know, looking at your news sources, I mean, the um, having a multitude of places to get information that you trust, knowing that. The mainstream media is completely untrustworthy at this point is going to be just more valuable than ever. Were in, in the documentary, were you able to or did you try to or is it even possible to um, find somebody to uh, represent the other side? Is there, was there anybody that you could find or talk to who said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, this thing's legitimate. We're glad we did it. Uh, we're glad that the, you know, 
journalists covered it. Was was anybody willing to stick up for the other side? I guess is what I'm asking. Well, they weren't uh, willing to to do it with us. I mean, we reached out to um, representatives or the or the people themselves. uh, Pretty much everybody that we talk about, um, or is really a main main part of the film. And um, no, I we didn't get a lot of people jumping up and down wanting to um, wanting to sit down with us. That's interesting. You didn't call Hillary. I think Hillary was one of the only ones that was not on the list. I think we didn't even. I think that was one of the ones that like actually just. Well, yeah. she wasn't going to tell you the truth anyway. Probably not. So Amanda's got a really interesting story too. Amanda, you went to film school at USC, which has a a fairly good film school, from my understanding, right? Like very, yeah, very yeah. good, very good. <laughs> like number one in the nation. Um, and then you volunteered for the for the Trump campaign and worked your way up into a position uh, with the State Department, and eventually the White House, which gave you a front row seat to all of this. So with your your film degree, you know, starting as a volunteer, working your way up, you, you know, you weren't you weren't you didn't step in, you know, after the fact. This was something you were witnessing, you know, like I said, front row seat, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I didn't think I was ever going to make movies again. I thought that I would just do political stuff, you know, in and around D.C. But um, I uh, when this story kind of fell open the way that it did and I, I was um, introduced to Lee Smith's book, uh, the manuscript before he had published the book, uh, Plot Against the President, which is what it's based on. Um, I realized it was just such a perfect um, story to be told this way. Like we said, I mean, it's a real life spy thriller and he really lays it out excellently. Um, and I encourage everybody to check that out if they've seen the movie and they want to know more, um, to check out the book. But, um, but yeah, so it, it just, I happen to have the right skill set in the right place. It was a very rare, strange opportunity. And I had a lot of people encouraging me to do it. I wasn't really sure that it was the right move. Um, it was a little sketch, just uh, resigning from my government job um, right when COVID began. I think it was like, I think I resigned like the end of March and we made the movie in like less than, you know, four months or five, really less than six months. I mean, it was just a shocking, insanely fast time, uh, time crunch, but uh you know, I don't recommend doing it that way, uh, but it was it was really great. Yeah, and I think it was um, the right thing to do. Definitely. Has Has President Trump seen it? Um, the I've talked to him about it. I I got uh, somebody arranged for um, me to get a call, which or to jump on a, at some point uh, during the uh, election season last year. And he hadn't seen it at the time, but I think that that is um, very forgivable considering that uh, I think he was like you know, running for president and being president. So he's a little busy, but he, in his characteristic way, he was like, everybody loves it. Everybody's talking about it. Everyone thinks it's amazing. And I thought that was like, that was just as good for me. Um, but no, I, I know they've seen it now. I know that it's uh, been, been seen and is, is uh, a big favorite down there now. That was a fairly good Trump impression, by the way. By the way. Yeah, I don't but... think so. <laughs> well, I didn't, I haven't seen it either. So that's okay. Well, you're going to see it. So you're going to see it. So again, everybody, go to gunownersradio.com. You're going to want, it's this Friday night if you're in San Diego. It's this Thursday night if you're in, uh, excuse me, Orange County. Um, And uh, so you find out about it. 
gunownersradio.com go to gunownersradio.com so what's uh what's next amanda i know you've set up a production company and it was pretty interesting last time we spoke you were saying that uh, you really want to try to uh embrace more um projects that uh that 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 tell the truth well that influence the uh, the culture the american culture talk a little bit about that yeah, I mean, the production company that we had set up to do Plot Against the President, I thought we would just do the one movie and then that's it. But it turns out there's a lot of um, interest in having a company that makes dissident content. Um, you know, I'm not even going to call it like of one political bent or another because it's, you know, it's not about that. It's just about stories that um, won't be told anywhere else. And so I think that there's a real market for this, especially since Hollywood has basically abandoned more than half of the country. I don't think that they care what America thinks of their movies anymore. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to leave that audience on the table, um, I think there's plenty of room for production companies and other content creators like myself and other people to to step in and, and do interesting, great stuff. I mean, it's really... It's weird. It's like why I wanted to go to film school in the first place is to basically be able to make whatever movies I wanted to make that I thought that I was interested in. And it turns out Hollywood was not the place where I was going to be able to do that. And weirdly, by leaving Hollywood and going and like getting involved in all this political stuff, it turns out that was actually the best way towards this thing that I wanted anyway. So it's a very weird uh Weird turn of events, but it actually makes a lot of sense. You know, why, why do you think Hollywood has abandoned half half of America? I mean, I, I hear, you know, conservative movies. Uh, the first one that comes to mind be like American Sniper. And, you know, conservative movies tend to make a lot of money. Um, why? So it can't be that. It can't be just that, you know, hey, we'll make more money if we make if we make a bunch of crap. You know, are they just zealots? Is it just, you know, hey, this is what we believe and we're going to push it on the entire world? Or why do you well, think yeah, Hollywood's think, like that? I think that's. I definitely think that's part of it. I think that the ideology before business is clearly, um, I mean, anytime you look at an industry that's organizing itself by quotas, um, it's not, it's not saying, Oh, I want to make the best stories. I want to make the most interesting. I want to make, you know, I want to hire the most um, talented crew. It's no, I need to have like the most ethnically diverse, you know, Mm. camera crew, which just doesn't, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, it's just not the, it's nothing, nothing about this is like going for um, quality first. So it's, it's clearly an ideological thing. And also it's, um, it's an internationalism thing. I, I frequently point out that the, the reason that like Hollywood tends to make these days, um, not just, you know, there's nothing wrong with summer blockbusters. I like the American summer blockbuster, but what they go for are these like, movies that can be translated as easily as possible that don't rely on like being kind of um, embedded in American culture anymore. And that's sort of the difference between when you look at these like King Kong movie that came out this year or whatever, compared to an American summer blockbuster like Jaws. Um, They just don't, they don't have the same kind of, um, you know, uh, cultural nuance. Um, and it's, it's for a reason. It's because their, their market is the global market. They don't care if the United States loves the movie. Well, well check out gunownersradio.com yeah. to buy tickets. Gunownersradio.com. Come out and see the movie. Meet Amanda. Amanda, thank you so much. Look forward to spending time thank with you, you Thursday guys. and Friday. And, and uh, thank you so much for making this movie. Thank you. This will be fun. All right, folks. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. This is 
Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170, The Answer. Waco Tactical Fitness, this takes the shooting sports to the next level. For the extreme sports fans in the audience, the next segment is for you. You know, some people grew up with hopes and love the smell. Oh, hoppies and love the smell. Other people aren't so crazy about smelling solvents and ammonias. So if you're in this second group, Seal One is for you. Seal One CLP Plus is an all-in-one solution that cleans, lubricates, and protects your gun. It also smells a little bit like toothpaste. Pick some up at Gunfighter Tactical over on Miramar Road or ask for it by name at your local shop. Clean your guns faster and better with Seal One. Use code GOR25 for a 25% discount off your first order on their website at seal1.net. All right, so we're going to talk to Kevin Greb, and we're talking to Kevin and one other guy, too. Who, who, who's with you, Kevin? Uh, Dan Kaufman, my co-founder of Waco Tactical Fitness. Excellent, and we're going to talk to you about the the WTF Biathlon. So talk a yes. little bit about what WTF is the WTF Biathlon. Yeah, so we found a need to raise some money for youth shooting sports. So Dan and I created Waco Tactical Fitness, WTF for short. And yes, that was reverse engineered. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we there was a need for, particularly for the Texas Junior High Power Team, which I coached at that time, uh, you know, there was shortage from TSRA, the Texas State Rifle and Pistol Association. Uh, funding had dropped off somewhat, and uh, we uh, we saw that need, and uh, I was trying to find a way to fill that. And uh, Run and Gun had started uh, to become a, a real thing in Texas at that time, So, uh, and also to honor a friend that uh, had started a type of that event that was killed in a car wreck. Mm. Um, so, and it left a shortage in central Texas for that type of event. So that those uh, circumstances led to us forming Waco Tactical Fitness. Gotcha. Okay. So tell everybody what, what is, uh, what's the criteria for a high power match? Well, a high power match is a generally it's a service rifle that is, um, it's a three position match that standing you shoot a hundred yards, kneeling or sitting you shoot three hundred yards, and then prone you shoot six hundred yards. So that's that's a kind of a structured event, but running gun has evolved into basically you combine competitive shooting with CrossFit and endurance running. So it is a very demanding and um, very 
specialized type event that is getting very popular. When we started, there were just a few events across the country, and now they're spreading all across the country. They even had one in Norway a uh, year before last. So um, how does this differ from tactical games? Yeah, so the, uh, generally the tactical games... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. Yes, sir. Um, so, yeah, the biggest difference is tactical games like like IDPA and, and various other shooting, shooting sports, they have breaks in between each stage, right? So you do your thing. In the tactical games, obviously, each engagement is a little bit more um, intense than something like that's a pure shooting sport. Um, you're, you're moving weight around and you're doing a lot of things. Um, but the, the, the time between each stage is kind of downtime. With a run and gun, there is no downtime. You get let off onto the course, you run to the first stage, you engage the first stage, and then you run to the second stage and you engage that second stage, and you're carrying all of the ammunition and all the supplies, water, and everything else that you think you're going to need for the rest of the day on you from the start. So there's no resupply and there's no downtime. So when you get to stage four, you've run, you know, three or four miles or whatever it is, and, um, you know, shot a bunch of stages. We have obstacles as well. Uh, the differences in running gun... There are things like uh, drag dummies and heavy bags and things like that, but it's not quite as kind of weightlifter intense as, as the cross uh, tactical games would be. But, you know, kind of on the flip side, you're running with all your stuff on the whole time. Yeah, that sounds crazy. That sounds like a Spartan race combined <laughs> with, like, shooting with at the guns. same time. Yeah. <laughs> and you have, you, you said you yeah, had. That's really the best way to describe it. You, you have kids doing this in high school or how, what's the age group? We've had as young as about thirteen. Say that one more time. You, you say that one more time. Just one at a time. Say that one more time. We really don't have a set age group as long as the competitor is safe and uh, can navigate the course uh, without injuring themselves. We have family families that come. It's mom, dad, and and the kid. And, uh, you know, we don't let a 18 and under out on the course by themselves. They, they are chaperoned. So um, as long as they're safe, they're welcome to run our event. That's amazing. I think that's great. That's amazing. I mean, if you listen to, you know, the media and, and look at, at uh, Instagram, you think that everybody uh, under the age of 20 is just sitting in their room playing video games. So they're out there strapping on gear and running around and, and uh, learning how to use firearms. That's awesome. That's very, very cool. Absolutely. So what, uh, so what, how can people learn more about it and how can people help or, uh, you know, what kind of support are you, are you guys looking for? Well, obviously sponsorship is a very big thing for us. It, it requires, a lot of uh, capital output to put the event on, but uh, you know we couldn't do it without our competitors. So Waco WTFBathlon.com is our website, and the same uh, WTF Bathlon Facebook. They can find us on there, and um, you know we 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 are a five hundred one c three organization so we can accept donations which will go to support the youth shooting sports and sponsorship for the event itself we we have been very lucky with sponsorship 
our donations to our prize table has been tremendous, and uh, we've been very, very lucky in the support we get from the firearms industry. We ought to send Joe. Yeah, there you go. I, yeah, I can enjoy that running. And, uh, you can do it. it. Actually, I'd like to check in that. It might be fun to look Seriously, at. Seriously, he's our dummy. He, he does all our <laughs> stuff. <laughs> well, send, send Melissa and I. She can drag no. me. And, uh, no, Melissa's already made it no. perfectly clear she's not a Spartan. I'll no. stay back. <laughs> I, I don't run for my life. I mean, that's why I shoot guns. So. And in that Texas heat, man, all that Come on. humidity. Come on, Joe. You yeah. can do it. I'm going. Send and, me. And send we me are. Up. We are unique in the run-and-gun world, uh, even though there are, there are a lot of run-and-guns popping up. We actually use city streets of Crawford, Texas, as part of our course. <laughs> That's pretty Obviously cool. not the shooting stages, but uh, we, we have people that come, residents that sit on their porch and cheer our guys along. And uh, we, you know, we bring money to the community. Our guys stay at the hotels and eat at the, the restaurants. It's a very small town, and uh, we've got a good relationship with the law enforcement, uh, even the Secret Service, obviously, because it's uh, close to George Bush's ranch. So, you know, we... <laughs> they don't want a bunch of people running, running around. <laughs> good to be an open carry state. Huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, we, we're unique in that way also. Um, so... And as far as I know, we're the only event that operates as a 501c3. How, how often do you do this? It's uh, April and October year. every year. Yeah. All right. What's your October date so we can sign Joe up? I believe it's the weekend of the 22nd. Um, but, uh, yeah, just just shoot us a note if he wants to come. We'll get him on the roster, no problem. He can go out with me. I'm usually the, the crash test dummy. So, I mean, I'm, I'm getting a little worn out, so I could use some help. Hey, I tell you what, you'd be surprised. Joe's, yeah, he gets involved in a lot of these things. Uh, as you as you could hear, the three of us refused, but Joe was the first one that said, hey, I'll give that a try. <laughs> hey, you don't know if you don't try. And, and it'll be good exposure for you because that'll be another segment because Joe will come back and he'll talk about it. He'll also blog it because he's the blogger on uh, San Diego County Gun Owners, I think it'd be a great idea. And what do you guys we use? Do you guys it. use ARs, or what's what's the typical uh, firearm that they use? Yeah, ARs and 9 mils are typical because the ammunition's lightweight and the rifles are accurate, right? So we're shooting out to approximately 500 yards. The targets are fairly big, but we get a lot of wind, so it can get sporty. But we've had, there's no requirement, right? So we've had everything from M1 Garands to um, wow. some guys have come through with Springfield O3s. Uh, we'll get like AKs. Uh, but the guys that win and are, are coming to compete, they're running nines and 223s okay. for sure. Uh, just so, because it's the most efficient and easiest to carry. So you supply your own weapon. You don't supply the weapon. No, there is a bonus stage where we often supply a weapon, uh, but that's varied everything from an old school single six to a slingshot. And uh, I mean, I don't know. We may have to throw throw rocks pretty soon at some point if there's still an ammo shortage. So. Yeah, you better you better hurry up and sign him up. All right, man. Hey, right. you got a website? Yeah, it's uh, wtfbiathlon.com. Hey, do that again a little slower for the old people. Right on. Uh, wtfbiathlon.com. All right, WTF, WTF Check them out. Yep. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Very, very interesting. 
Thanks for having us. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, second hour. This is FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. When you start caring for self-defense, your gear evolves with you. Last week, I talked about how I found my new favorite holster. This week, Joe's going to revisit the topic of EDC gun belts. But self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and there's no guarantee that the justice system will be on your side. So gun owners should have coverage for the legal battle after your self-defense battle. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shields is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Hey, guess what? Gun Owner Radio listeners, you can get a free T-shirt when you join. Use promo code GUNOWNERSRADIO at uslawshield.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor. Hit the like button, subscribe button, and tell all your friends. Right now, Joe Germisi is going to chat with you about EDC Gun Belts Revisited. You did a blog on it as well? Um, yeah, I don't know that I'll write the blog on this. I was doing that, and then the uh, the ruling happened with the uh, the assault rifle ban. So you start excited, getting so, excited and having a party. Well, I'm thinking it's a little more, uh, it's overshadowed now. So I think there's more important things to write about. But I wanted to talk about this anyway. Because I did a um, I did a blog article in 2020. It was one of the uh, concealed carry lifestyle articles. I think it was number three on uh, gun belts. And you know, gun belts are kind of an important thing when you're going to carry every day. Uh, I know Michael had that experience carrying with the the Sears belt and then uh, yeah. switching over to something else. Yep. Sears. And uh, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> wow. And um, so it's. Uh, I'm not a real fancy guy. You know, it's kind of an important thing to do that or to have a decent belt. And um, when I wrote about this before, I hadn't discovered one of the ones that I just discovered recently, which is a fantastic uh, belt and company. So I thought I wanted to go back through and just um, highlight that again and then talk about the uh, the belts I'm using now because uh, you kind of evolve through the, these things. And when I started out, uh, you know, there's a number of good belt companies out there and different belts around. Uh, and I'm partial to leather belts, so that's generally what I would wear and uh, what I went through. And, um, you know, if we look, uh, can you see that? Oh, yeah, 
So a couple of these, one of the companies I really like is is uh, Wright Leatherworks. And these two belts here are handmade belts from uh, Wright Leatherworks. This one, obviously, I wear quite a bit. Uh, same kind of uh, belt here um, from Wright also. And, you know, if you can feel these, they're really stiff, which is a big deal with the gun belt. Because especially if you carry outside the waistband, which I do most of the time now. And uh, this, again, this is one of my standard holsters. I've got another one just like it in a different color. Uh, but this is from Wright Leatherworks as well. This is their Predator uh, pancake holster. And this is what I would carry probably 80% of the time. And when you've got a, when you're carrying outside the waistband so that the, the belt is going through the uh, loops like that and it's on the outside, you need to have a really nice stiff belt because if you don't, uh, what happens is with the weight of the gun in here, you feel it, it just moves. It flips around a little bit and, um, and it doesn't, it doesn't sit right. And you just notice it. If, um, if you've got a good belt, a good holster, everything is the way it's supposed to be. You don't even feel the thing that's on there or you don't even feel the gun. So, um, I did that. And the problem that I have now that I'm finding with the leather belts, if I look down here, you can see it's uh, pretty worn. But uh, I find my weight goes up and down uh, pretty regularly nowadays. And I find myself uh, where the optimal size is between the belt holes on the uh, leather belts. And again, if you're not wearing a, um, if you're not wearing a holster, you know, and a gun, it doesn't matter so much. It could be a little bit loose or a little bit tight. Um, when you're carrying a holster though on there with a gun in it, the you know if you go to the loose hole, uh, you feel it. Things flop around. The uh, the holster moves around, and it's um, it's just not comfortable. So what I discovered, and I actually did a, a gear review on this a couple of months ago, and um, the uh, belt company is Core Essentials, and uh, they do a belt here, and you can see this one, and it's a ratcheted kind of belt. So they've got these ratchets on the back, and you could adjust it per click. I think there's like 140, what was it? Um, it's not 140. Maybe it was 40 it's different settings. Clicks. It's a lot of clicks. But you could make this thing, uh, you could move this thing perfectly to where it's exactly the size you need it to be. And um, they make a, a variety of these. When I first reviewed this, I think it was, it might have been this belt, actually. Um, and I looked at it, and I don't typically wear these kinds of um uh, tactical looking belts. What is this? I'm looking it's for. a nylon. That's belt. what I'm looking for. The word, <laughs> this web looking belt. That's what I wanted to see. Um, so I didn't really pay too much attention to it. And then I went back and revisited it and you could see these are really stiff. Uh, they're a little bit even stiffer than the thick, uh, leather belts that I wear and they work perfectly. And you combine that with this ratcheting system that they have here and you could size it and just make it exact. And um, so I thought, since I didn't know about these before, and these are so good, I think I own three of them now, um, I thought I wanted to go back and revisit this, this just to kind of spread the word a little bit. They make them in um, a lot of different sizes. It's Core Essentials. So if you go to coreessentials.com, they've got a great website, and you can see all that. This leather one here is also a Core Essentials belt. Again, if you flip it over, um, you can see the uh, ratcheting system here as well. So you can get these belts in a kind of a dress style like this. Um, That's nice. You have these. Yeah, it works fine. And when you get them, uh, you know, they come in a long, I think they come out at 46 inches or something. And what you do is you slide the, um, you slide the buckle on and uh, there's, there's two screws that secure it. And then it flips up here and there's some teeth that grab into it. But you actually put it on, you measure the belt and you cut the belt to the exact length that you want. And uh, it's real easy to do. It works really well. But it's nice because they have, again, the leather kind of belts. They've got even um, 
thicker leather belts, which I think they call their traditional belt. It looks more like uh, like the right leatherworks type belt. But again, a variety of belt buckles like this um, that you can pick. Um, they've got all sorts so that if you have to, you know, if your dress is more business casual or something like that, they've got belts that'll work with that. I'm wearing jeans most of the time nowadays, so again, I'm more partial to this. Uh, but I found, again, the web style belts work great here. And um, so I wanted to bring that up. Uh, there's, like I said, there's great belt companies out there. Um, if your weight doesn't move around like mine does, uh, again, the right Leatherworks belts are great. Uh, Simply Rugged is another one I have belts from. Uh, they also make holsters. Uh, this one up here, I think, is a Bigfoot uh, leather belt, which, um, again, works really well. Uh, just good good, um, just good overall companies. But um, I know with a, it's really important if you're going to carry, especially if you carry outside the waistband, because that's what, that's how I kind of evolved. I started out inside the waistband, and I started out with a tiny little gun, a Glock 26. And then as you carry more, you know, you quit worrying about printing, and you start worrying more about comfort. And it's like, okay, I, I migrated up to the outside the waistband. Now, if you're going to be outside the waistband, style comes into it. So you start looking at leather stuff, or at least I did. So that was kind of my um, migration to it. So like I was saying, about 80% of the time, you know, it's still going to be a leather holster. It's going to be outside the waistband. Uh, but it's almost always now a core essentials belt. So I wanted to uh, wanted to come back and revisit that and well, uh, bring let, that back. Let me throw a couple of notes in there. Because uh, I went over there and I've got a couple belts as well, and I talked to him about the the ratcheting system and and how they came up with that and why have, why do they screw the belt buckle on? And by the way, they've got a plethora of belt buckles, everything from their own core design to every kind of design imaginable. I think you can go to coreessentials.com uh, and look at the belts before you go in. Yeah, just great variety. And on their website, everything's priced out because yeah. you can buy buckles for about 20 bucks. I right. think. You can buy the belt by itself for about 40 right. or a belt and buckle for about 60 I think right. it's 59 something like and that. Because I had had one of these ratchet belts before because that's I have that issue with weight. And I asked him that I what I didn't like about it is, is when you put it in and you laid that piece over to grab the belt, I could be walking down the road and all of a sudden it would just pop off. He says, and that's why the screws are in there. And with each belt comes a set of Allen head screws and the tool. So you can do it yourself. Yeah. And it's got everything you need there. Everything. It's, it's really easy. And the belts are nice. The, the buckles are really stylish. Nice. There's a variety of them and, and they work great. They're really comfortable. And the getting it to lock and unlock is super simple Piece just cake, by yeah. moving the the lever up and down. They give you a one-year unconditional and, warranty. And I even went further for a couple of for a couple of bucks. I bought the hangers. So now they, I did they too. Clip right up under the hangers. Aren't they the coolest <laughs> thing in the world that hangs they are, on your? They're great. That's right. I forgot to tell you. <laughs> absolutely. So check them out. Coreessentials.com, and that's core with a K. All right. What do we got coming up next? Ah, Melissa Lee is going to review. Somehow she's got a hold of a set of grizzly ears. So there's some grizzly running around with no ears. <laughs> right here on Gun Owners Radio FM, 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio FM, 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Joe, what kind of ear pro do you use? Um, right now, well, I, I, like everything else, a variety of ear pro, but uh, but yeah. I got the uh, the big the electronic muffs, the uh, the cans. I've got the injected ones that uh, 
that I use. So I use a bunch of them. The whole thing. All right. Well, I use I use electronic, especially with pistols, but with with rifles, you know. The, the, if it goes over your ears, sometimes you know, it gets knocked off yeah, and it's and a big pain in the butt. People have away. that issue, and for me, for whatever reason, that, that doesn't happen to me. The thing that happens to me is when we get into the hot summer weather, I'd rather have a big, broader hat on. Can't do it with the cans. With the cans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ah. Melissa has ear, uh, an ear pro review of Grizzly Ears coming up next. But first, PRMI Mortgage, primeres.com slash alpine. Are you in the military? Are you looking for help for a VA loan? Well, if you're looking to buy or refi, or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Give Chris a call at 619-722-1303, 619-722-1303, or just go to primeres.com slash alpine. All right, Melissa, what do you got? Today, I have a very special review, and I've been dying to get my hands on these. This is Grizzly Ears, the Predator Pro. And online today, we have Mark Donahue, who's owner of Grizzly Ears. How are you, Mark? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining me. Um, so tell me a little bit about Grizzly Ears. How did it come about? What's your background? Well, uh, Grizzly Ears, actually, we launched about two years ago. Um I've been in the manufacturing business for over 33 years, and I travel overseas. Um, so I've had companies that actually hire me to consult and bring in products into the United States. Uh, and I just got tired of doing that after traveling overseas on a regular basis. So I was actually, I'm always, you know, a big, avid tactical shooter, PRS shooter. And, of course, I heard your guy say about uh, – over the years, trying to use long-distance rifles, and of course, all uh, our PRS guys, they, they don't like earmuffs. Uh, and then, of course, I was actually in a duck blind when I actually designed this. Um, oh. I was actually trying to sp speak to somebody in Asia, and I was calling in some ducks, and then before you know it, I had to lift my earmuffs up, and then, uh, of course, I told the guys to go ahead and take the birds, and then, of course, the firing begins, and my ears start ringing, and and at that point, I said, you know, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. So I'm going to develop a product that's universal for everything. In the hunting world, the shooting world, the people that love to go to CrossFit, gyms, uh, riding electric bikes, regular bikes, you name it, hiking. And so that's what I did. I made a product that's been universal for everybody. Yeah, so you're an avid hunter. I know that. And there's nothing worse than having ear pro that looks like you're about to land like a airplane on an aircraft carrier it just sticks out so far and then you put your cheek on the cheek weld and you know cheek rest and it just hits your ears and i can't stand that so um i'm really glad that you have these low profile in-ear earbuds um bluetooth and the way that you've designed this is i've actually used the walkers earbuds they did not work for me especially indoors because it didn't suppress the bang inside. Um, these ones, I actually, you got that on camera there. Um, these ones, I actually used them um, outdoors yesterday at a match. Perfect. Worked perfectly fine. It was amazing. You can tell it was working. And I um, used the music like you told me to just to see if it would work. And it totally works. Um, so I can actually hear people's voices. I can... Um, have the suppression of you know the bangs and i can actually listen to radio from my phone 
So Bluetooth capable, waterproof, love these things. Now inside, I thought I was going to be a little bit worried about being inside the range because inside the range, everything is so much louder. These worked perfectly. So really happy well, with this product. Yeah, I'm really, when people ask me all the time, they'll say, you know, what about indoor ranges? And I will tell them, I said, look, uh, if you're into an old facility and you have an echo chamber, then I don't care who you are. It's best to always probably double it up if you're going to be in a really bad indoor range. But if you're at a more of a state-of-the-art indoor range, then you're definitely going to like these and, and enjoy them. Um, but it's like anything else. If I, if I have someone shooting a 50 caliber, I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot to <laughs> ask for in an earbud yes, system. Yes, like so, our friend Michelle it, shooting that 50 with yeah. <laughs> single ears, yep. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Yeah, and I, of course I told Michelle. I, said, I don't know how you did that, but uh, but you know everything has limitations. But as far as what we do is, you get bang for your buck, and we really do offer everything for it. Um, anywhere from you know being 100% waterproof, which was good because I just finished up the uh, the two gun PCC pistol out in uh, Alabama, and of course it was downpouring, and so the competitors out there. With their electronic ears, they had two problems. Uh, one, they, they were they were just malfunctioning and they were dying on them. And the other is the people had the earmuffs. It just had, they got tired of the water running down their face and everything else. But uh, those who had grizzly ears, you know, we embraced it because ours is 100% waterproof. Yeah, these things are, are amazing. Now, you have like a famous like representative of grizzly ears, right? It's not a bear. But tell it, it, me, tell me who this you mean is. The, you mean the icon, uh -huh. the the logo, the logo no, I have. The person who travels with you all the time. Not even a person, really. Oh, <laughs> but the most important person. The most important person <clears throat> that travels with you for Grizzly Ears. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, uh, matter of fact, he was the most popular person uh, at the event. Thor is my. Uh, is my uh, yellow British lab, and he's our mascot for grizzly ears. But Thor is also uh, my diabetic alert dog for me, so he alerts me when my sugars are high or low. And then Thor is also a master waterfowl hunter. He's a master shed hunter, so he'll travel to different states and go retrieve elk sheds, deer sheds. And then he's also a master upland, so he does English-style hunting and he does flushing birds too. So. Thor is the, he, he's the one everybody wants to take pictures with, everybody wants to see Thor, and we'll get people all the time sending us messages, is Thor going to be at the next event? And of course, uh, Thor's, if I'm going to be there, Thor's always going to be at the events. But yeah, he's our mascot, and everybody just enjoys, As a matter of fact, this last two days, uh, I don't know how many times Thor had his picture taken, or how many times somebody was hugging him and giving him kisses, so... Uh, he loves that, so and we love it, the fact that it brings people over and, and talk about our product, too, when they're talking to Thor. Yeah, I saw his Instagram page, and I was like, what? This dog is super cute. Um, you know what I do like about these two is that you've actually included a lanyard to hook these two together. So if one falls out, it's not going anywhere. It'll still be attached to you. That was smart. Yeah, well, I did that because my waterfowl hunters um, – even though it's 100% waterproof and you can drop them in the, the ponds or the, the lakes or whatever, it's not going to do anything to them. They will fill up with water and they'll sink. So if you're in muddy, murky water and duck hunting, they will lose them. So 
the duck hunters wanted some type of lanyard. And, of course, me being a duck hunter, you know, I understood that. So, yeah, we just put that in the packaging. It's it's real easy. It just pops in and pops off. And uh, um, I don't see a lot of people in the shooting industry use it. There are some that use it. But mostly uh, when you're getting near water a lot and so forth, they're afraid they might lose it or something. They'll use a lanyard. Now, my Ironman guys that train and so forth, they like to use the lanyard too. Yeah. Um, what's the uh, warranty on these? The warranty is 12 months. And then this is the best line I give everybody. I said, I want you to use my product for everything. It's not just designed in the shooting world, the hunting world. I've got people that are actually running airboats out in Florida. I've got people in Oregon chopping down trees with chainsaws. I have dentists wearing them now to suppress the sound to protect their hearing. So we tell them we want you to use our product. We want you to abuse our product because our slogan is it's for the outdoor enthusiast. And so we want you to use it for everything. It's not just, you know, a casual thing. I'm going to go shoot a little bit and then put them in my ears. Um, or if it's just once in a while I go hunting. We, we really do want you to enjoy them for everything. And what's the retail price for these? They're on the website. They're normally two forty nine, And uh, I've had over the last year or so people say, Man, I, don't, I can't believe you guys don't charge more for them. Yeah, Me being in the manufacturing yeah, and so I just wanted a product that was really good, was very dependable, and our, I back up my warranty 100%. So if anything goes wrong, we obviously send them a brand new uh, a product back out to them. But I wanted the average person to know that they're getting a great product for a great price. And so that's why we kept it under a certain number. And then, of course, you know, we run specials once in a while. Um, and we definitely want people to have them in more hands. So. Uh, when special events come up, we, we do run promos. Yeah, we actually do have a promo for our listeners. If you want to get your own pair of Predator Pros from Grizzly Ears, just go to grizzlyears.com, and you can use the code MEL20 for 20% off of your own. Um, I also wanted to ask you um, the talk time. Um, it actually lasts pretty long, doesn't it? Yeah, you've got two different things. So when someone asks me how long is the life, so let's say, uh, Mel, you were just going to go shoot or do a competition. I would tell you just to be in shot compression application mode only, not Bluetooth, uh, because you don't want to deal with that when you're competing. And you'll get about seven hours with that little earbud. That's what I but did the case is, Yeah, so the case is a quick charger. Mm-hmm. So you just drop those in if you're taking like a you know sandwich break or a drink, whatever. Uh, you'll make it all the way until 6, 7 o'clock at night. We have people that are will be out there late. And then if you're in Bluetooth mode, you get close to about three and a half, four hours because Bluetooth takes a lot of a lot of energy out of those little batteries. But uh, other than that, we, you can go both directions and you get a good little shelf life. And, of course, the, the case itself is a, a charger itself too. So yep, And that will give you up that. to three full charges. Yep. Well, I love this product. Thank you so much. Um, you guys... This is easy to use. Double click and you are done. And you can switch from compression to Bluetooth on your phone. Well worth the price. If you want your own, go to grizzlyears.com and use code MEL20 to save for 20% off. Hey, thanks a lot, Mark. Did a great job. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, folks. Hey, plot against the president. Get your tickets now. We're going to have a raffle each night, and you could win a Patriot membership to Front Sight Firearms Training Institute. That's over a $4,900 value. 
allowing you to take any class at our nation's premier training facility. Hey, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Well, hey, Mike made it back from the Orange County Gun Show. Yes, there was a gun show in Orange County. Yep, we're going to talk about it. And we sent Mike up there to check it out. But first, we are very proud to partner with the National Concealed Carry Association as a 10-ring partner. NCCA exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates offer elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors and provide rock-bottom prices on the best selection of gear and accessories. You can learn more about them at National Concealed Carry Association.com. Topic right now is the Orange County Gun Show, AAR, and speaking with Dustin from... Yeah, we'll get to that. Oh, so so we went to the uh, Orange County Gun, gun, uh, Orange County, uh, gun Show, up at the uh, is at the fairgrounds. They usually have it at the fairgrounds, which are you know state owned property. Did you take advantage of the gun show loophole? Yeah, couldn't find any loopholes. No loopholes, except on my shoelaces. But but I CNN said there was one. No, nope, couldn't find a single loophole really? again, except <laughs> my shoelaces. I didn't wear my Velcro, so uh, there those were the only loopholes I could find. But it's on uh, it's on state property. Um, they they got around the COVID uh, ridiculousness by uh, rather than having it inside the the warehouses. Have you guys ever, have you ever been to the Orange County? No, I have not. Gun show? It's actually really nice. Um, it used to be in these uh, these big, huge warehouses. Uh, they had four warehouses, and there was like a like a you know common area in between. But uh, instead, they took over this huge parking lot, and they put up these really cool tents. And it was all uh, you know socially distanced, and uh, um, it was uh, uh, it was really really nice. So uh, the, the you know the organizers really happy. We we're up there. I was up there for Orange County Gun Owners, their booth, which we were signing up members and talking about the court case. And uh, we even had a couple of folks come up that were fans of the show. They wanted to say hello. Um, it was really really cool. The we had board members and members from Orange County Gun Owners running it, and uh, it was nice. It was really really cool. I, I really I like. I know that gun shows have changed in the last 20, 30 years, uh, and everybody likes to complain. There's you know there, there's uh, you know, potpourri and, you know, and, you know, Chinese-made trinkets here and there. Fine. And, okay. that, and that wrinkle stuff that makes your neck get fat. Yeah, exactly. Smooth. I got, I got, I, I bought, I picked Did up you your bottle. For, oh, for good. Day, I so. needed stuff. <laughs> was there a good crowd up there? It was a good crowd. Lines, especially on uh, Saturday. Any protests? I, I didn't see any protests. I didn't see any protests, but Saturday, Saturday morning, the, you know, the, the decision, the court case decision came out Friday. So Saturday morning, uh, CBS was there from L.A. out of L.A. It's kind of interesting. Orange County doesn't have any media of its own. Like here, no, we there's have, no TV stations. Yeah, it's all coming out of L.A. Yeah, KTLA so, and what have you. So, so they were there and interviewed. Uh, it, you know, it's a little bit of a slanted story, but uh, everybody they they got some really good interviews with some folks. So, uh, um, gun show news. I can't reveal what I know. Then what are you even talking about? Because I'm just—it's just a teaser. You love doing that, <laughs> but uh, there will be some very uh, positive gun show news in San Diego. Well, I already heard that on the street. You, you heard sound, it on the street? Yeah. You sound like Trump. That's what he was saying the other day. 
It's, what, what did he say? It's going to be some very positive news. Very, You're all going to be very happy. That's right. Some of them was last like night. Best <laughs> news you've ever heard. This is this news. Fantastic is news. Fantastic news. You're going to love this news. Uh, everyone's going to be really, really happy. Um, I, I can't tell you all the details. But, uh, but you're going to be really happy. You're going to be really happy. Spoke with uh, the owners of Crossroads, and uh, they love San Diego County gun owners and Orange County gun owners and Riverside County gun owners and San Bernardino County gun owners. So uh, anyway, we had a really great conversation. Saw a lot of people that 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 I that I knew ran into some folks that we knew, including uh, Dustin. Dustin, you on the air? Yes, Michael, I am. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, really thank- appreciate it. It's awesome seeing you at the uh, gun show. Yeah, so I'm sitting there. So Dustin's from San Diego. We actually both live in in uh, in out in East County. And uh, I'm I'm sitting there uh, relaxing and uh, you know talking to folks and signing people up and Dustin and his lovely wife come in and uh, you drove all the way up from San Diego to go to the show. What what were you shopping for? Well, I was I was really looking for a EOTech uh, G30 magnifier. Um, unfortunately, I, I found a couple of people that did supply them. They just didn't have any there. Uh, and then you know just uh, just go around shop. Check out all the new, cool, innovative uh, toys that are coming out uh, or that have came out and really just support businesses. Yeah. Uh, first time in a long time that I can go out and support a 2A business and and see some cool stuff and actually get my hands on it. That was cool. I mean, just being out, uh, out and about and amongst people and, uh, you know, there was ammo for sale. It was a little expensive. Some people got some good deals. Some people waited too long and didn't. But, uh, Dustin, what's the name of your company? It's Red, White, and Badass Brew. Red, White, and Badass Brew. I met Dustin at the yep. at the expo uh, a month ago there at Core Essentials, and he gave me the, uh, what was it called? The What was the whiskey brew I had? Whiskey Business. Whiskey Business. I like that. Yeah, that's, that, that's our number one favorite. Uh, everybody loves the whiskey business. It's a uh, caramel... Vanilla and whiskey, and it's, it's those it's are a few great, of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm right? and I'm not even. I was telling Dustin, I'm not even a coffee guy, but he said, "Here, you got to try this." And uh, you know, he said, "Well, he said you got to try my coffee. Come on over." And I looked at the menu and saw the word whiskey and said, "Okay, let's do that." And uh, it was delicious. It was really, really good. You do a fantastic job. And you're thinking about Thank setting you. up a booth at the at the next gun show, right? I am. I am. I really want to get into uh, the next gun show. So I'm hoping I can, uh, you know, get a hold of the right people, which I, I have at this gun show, and get set up and sell them the coffee. I also got a really nice iced coffee that I started making as well at events. Uh, it's not available for sale online yet, um, but it will be hopefully in the next year. Nice. So what else did you see? I, You know, a lot of people complain there aren't any guns at the gun show. But, you know, Rifle Supply, the company Rifle Supply was there. I saw a lot of guns at the gun show and a lot of, a lot of accessories. Um, you know, like you said, there were entire tents dedicated to ammo, but you, you really had to be. If they, didn't, if they didn't send any guns for sale, they must have had their mask up too high. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, there were a ton uh, of guns. Yeah, well, plenty. Yeah, plenty of guns for sale. Uh, I mean, anything you wanted, you could you know, uh, get it there. I don't, I don't really see why people say it wasn't enough guns. Uh, one thing I didn't do is my homework to get ammo. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't actually bring all the proper paperwork to get ammo. Um, so that was my fault. Actually, I had all the proper paperwork. I just didn't get, uh, uh, took my wife's car instead of mine. 
Well, it's kind of funny. It, it opens up at 9, and uh, you have this whole line of people. Uh, as soon as it opens up, yeah, there were like 30, 40 people that scurry past. They come in the front gate, and they just scurry past you, and they have various, you know, like it's like wheelbarrows. They have an agenda. Yeah, they have an agenda, but they have, they have equipment. They have like a wheelbarrow and a, and a wagon. And dollies. A, yeah, and dollies, and, you know. <laughs> They go Fork flying lifts. past forklifts. Just go flying past you and do not get in their way. No, they They're will run mission. you over. They're on a mission. Um, and they disappear to the ammo line. And then uh, all day there were people trickling past us with, you know, ammo boxes full of ammo and uh, you know people carrying uh, whatever you know grocery carts full of full of ammo. So I know there was ammo available. I went. I did go and check it out. Uh, one of our board members, Jim Miller, wanted me to see if they had any five five six, and I did go check it out. What I found was very, very expensive. But honestly, uh, it, you know, it, I, I I waited a little bit too long, and I didn't do the research I should have. So, so you just didn't have the right right paperwork with you, or, or were you able to actually see and find ammo? Well, it, when I when I I didn't do the right research, so I didn't even think they were going to sell ammo at the gun show. You know, just because the new laws. Uh, and I really wasn't educated enough to know that, you know, hey, they're going to sell ammo at the uh, gun show, which it makes sense they would. And they would definitely find a way to sell the ammo at the gun show. Yeah. So I, I really wasn't expected to see that. And when I saw it, I, I was really surprised and really proud of like, okay, hey, these guys are doing it. You know, they, they made it happen. So, uh, yeah, I just I had my ID. Uh, I don't have a real ID. I, you know, I have a, a, an ID, I guess. You have a fake ID so you can buy beer? Yeah, pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty much, you know. has that federal limit uh, oh, apply, oh, gotcha. uh, staying on it. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I need to get a real ID now. My fake ID uh, back in high school, I was I was Mike Williams from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> and I was about five or six years older than, uh, well, anyway, in theory. I so, du- yeah, yeah. Dustin also, he did the gun show right. Uh, he was not alone. He he turned it into a date. He actually brought. I, I don't know how he did it, but he got his wife to come to the gun show, and it was date night for Dustin. That's. I'll tell you what, man. However you pulled that off, you need to write a book. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she <laughs> loved guns just as much, so it wasn't like you know a door for her to go up there. She's like, yeah, I want to go. I want to see all the cool stuff. Yeah, no, she uh, was you know, awesome. It, it's also about yeah meeting people, uh, going up there and meeting people. Uh, I found a couple other businesses that I want to do some business with. And, uh, you know, maybe at a later date, I'll disclose all that uh, when everything kind of gets in the works. And it was just it was amazing just going out and seeing people, seeing gun loving people and supporting, you know, businesses. Doesn't matter if they're local, just business uh, in particular, because we've been closed for over a year now and haven't been able to do anything like that for a while. Yeah, I I really I just I just love the gun shows. I really do. I uh, there was a there was about a ten year time period there where I there were five gun shows a year, and I went to every single one for for about ten years as a volunteer or work in a booth or whatever. Um, I just I just dig them. I was there, you know, usually both days, Saturday and Sunday, and you run into people. There are people I only know from going to the gun show. <laughs> you know, we see each other five times a year. Oh, hey man, you know, and how's it been? Yeah. And uh, I just think they're I just think they're fun. I mean, and I'm not I'm not really like a big gear guy either. I don't get all geared up, and I don't fall in love with accessories. You're and not stuff. a Joe Dramisi. I'm not a Joe Dramisi, um, but uh, that's Mister Gear. 
I just kind of dig it. We just, I just had a lot of fun. Everybody's really cool. Um, you know, I, I, you know, the gun world are the best people. In, Like-minded people. Yeah, and we're just, uh, we're just the best people in the world. So, you know, going to a, a place where everybody's the best people in the world, it's a lot of fun. I dig it. I yeah, dig it. absolutely. It's great to be around like-minded people. Yeah. What did you spend your money on? Did you buy anything? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I spent, uh, you know, I, I found, uh, I bought a couple of magazines. Uh, one had uh, Trump on it, you know, flipping, <laughs> flipping people off. And I was like, yeah, I've got to have that. There you, you go. Know, you got to have it. Video coming up. I was like, that's a perfect accessory uh, that I need. I don't typically buy stuff like that, but I was like, you know what? I, I think I need it. Man, Dust, uh, man after my own heart. What's your website, man? Uh, Red, White, and Badass Brew. What's your website? Yeah, it's Red, White, and Badass Brew. Uh, you can find me on there, or uh, right now it's down for maintenance. Uh, or you can go to Instagram, Red, White, and Badass Brew, and see all the roasts I have and upcoming merchandise I have uh, for sale. Thanks, man. All right, buddy. You're the best. Take okay, care. Thanks, Michael. All right, hey, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because guess what? Sam the Gunman. We're going to try to stump that guy one more time, and I think Mike has a pretty good mic drop. So you can't hear it if you're not listening, so stay tuned. This is FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. Well, you know, we live in a state where your self-defense rights are under attack. Let us be your voice to help defend and restore the Second Amendment. Help spread the word about the fight. There's two easy things that you can do. One, like and subscribe to the show on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Parlor, the podcast, or whatever way you like to listen to the show. We're making a push for 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our channel and share the show with as many friends as you can. And thanks for tuning in. And remember, together, we will win. All right. So we're, uh, we're going to do our segment that we do every week called Stump My Nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, my nephew, Sam. Sam, you there? Yeah. How are you guys? Good, man. So every week, somebody sends in a question. Uh, a, a gun trivia question, and they try to stump my nephew. My nephew Sam is a uh, a whiz when it comes to whiz. I'm st- I'm sticking with whiz. He's a whiz. Yeah. You had all week. Whiz. <laughs> I like whiz. He is. Uh, it's how I have my my Philly cheesesteak. Yeah, cheese whiz. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, he's really good at uh, gun trivia. He's really really hard to stump. He does not get to hear the question prior. Do you know what question we're about to ask you, Sam? Um, something about light machine guns? I don't know. No, uh, well, it wouldn't it be terrible be. if that was the case. I know. <laughs> well, kind of, but no. You don't know the question. Um, you He's don't know like the question in advance, so uh, you don't get to prepare. We ask you right on the spot. If we use your question, you get a hat or a shirt or whatever you like, and uh, if you stump them, you get a front site membership. So without further ado, the lovely Melissa. Thank you. Hi, Sam. Hi, how are you? Good. So Dan from Chula Vista asks, in regards to the AK-47 handguard, what distinguishes the Serbian or Yugoslavian M70 and its clone, the Iraqi Tabuk, from Kalashnikov-style rifles produced in other countries? 
Okay, um, let me just preface my answer with this. Anyone who doesn't know a lot about the AK platform is really going to hate me for this because it's an, it seems like an extremely obscure thing. But um, Serbian, uh, what, what we call Yugo pattern AKs, um, have longer handguards that are not cross-compatible with uh, basically any other standard AK or AKM. That the the answer they wrote, the handguard is slightly longer and has three vent holes instead of two found on most AK rifles, and then they actually give the uh, the uh, the source. Because they don't want to see us argue again like last time. I know. That's probably, that's probably best. <laughs> it's probably best. Who, who sent the question in? Dan. Dan, Dan from, from Chula, Chula Vista. There you go. Dan from Chula Vista. Great question. Thanks for sending that in. So um, now I, I don't have a source for this. But as far as I'm aware, um, the Yugo pattern AKs uh, and their parts incompatibilities are due to uh, basically Yugoslavia reverse engineering the AKM and um, trying to make their own based on that. But again, I, I don't have a source for that, so I would have to do more looking. I wonder why, but, they, why, would, they have to, why would they have to reverse? Uh, I thought they were on the same side. Wouldn't the um, Ruskies just give hand of, over? But... Um, uh, the Soviet Union didn't really have great relations with um, a lot of its nominal satellite states, uh, particularly Yugoslavia. There was sort of a, a, a personality feud between Marshal Tito and Premier Stalin, um, and they, they really, really did not like each other. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows that. I thought maybe there was a more complicated, <laughs> so obscure it's, answer. It's, it's um, not uh, not really surprising that um, Yugoslavia historically used different small arms, slightly different small arms from well, the Soviet Union during the Cold War. I remember um, same with Czechoslovakia. They they were actually invaded by um, the Soviet Union at one point. Well, I remember back in the eighties, Yugoslavia reverse engineered a car, and that didn't go so well. Come on, <laughs> <wasn't> Yugo's <laughs> great. It wasn't compatible with anything either. <laughs> You go go over 100 miles an hour. I think it, it I think it had three air holes as well. I can't remember, but uh, anyway, awesome job, Sam. Fantastic. Uh, what did you think of the uh, the judge's ruling on Friday? You read the whole thing, all 94 pages, and give give us give us two or three sentences of, of your thoughts. Yeah, well, in in my defense, it was a slow day at work, and they're short pages. Um, but it it was a really interesting ruling. It's. As far as I'm aware, it's the longest ruling issued on um, uh, a, a gun case to date. And it's, again, as far as I'm aware, the only ruling ever issued on an assault weapons ban. I think this is the yep. only time an assault weapons ban case has actually been tried by a circuit court. Uh, it's not the only time, but it's the only time we've won. Okay. Yeah. So, Rupp up in North, I don't know, somebody out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Rupp case up up north uh went against so excellent job appreciate it fantastic uh impressive as always sam um yeah thanks thanks for having me on that was that was a really fun question um i think uh cold war era eastern Bloc firearms are are really um not not well understood and and very um underrated in the west particularly in the united states um, and there's there's a lot of interesting stuff there to study. Well, it, it's our goal to change that misunderstanding of yes, Eastern Bloc uh, uh, Cold Era uh, <laughs> small arms. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Love Sean. you, buddy. You're doing great, man. I really appreciate it. <clears throat> Thanks. Have All a right. good night. All right.
All right. right. Now it's time for this week's Mic Drop. Mic Drop. Governor Newsom didn't like our court case, and he made it clear. As we talked about, Judge Benitez gave San Diego County Gun Owners and Firearms Policy Coalition a huge Second Amendment win on Friday. Yes, huge. Landmark and groundbreaking do not do it justice. I'm sure that huge actually doesn't do it. Uh, justice. I think the actual proper legal term is hugengus. I'm not positive. We should probably get. Uh, should ask Mike. We should. Well, we I'm, should. I mean, should ask Sam. Should ask Sam. I think hugengus is the actual um, proper legal term. Anyway, this case will move forward, and it reaffirms what we already knew: we have the right to self-defense, and gun bans prevent that. So, gun bans like California's assault weapon ban uh, are illegal. Gavin described the decision as a disgusting slap in the face. Your rights to keep and bear arms for the defense of your family and yourself. He finds it to be dis- a disgusting slap in the face for you wanting to defend yourself. He vowed to fight it. That's right. The governor of your state, who was elected to run your government, is using your tax money to fight back against your inalienable rights. Newsom, sit down. We really don't need to hear from you about something this complicated. Let's be honest. His whiny reaction isn't surprising. The guy's dangerously unqualified to weigh in. No surprise that a guy with 24-hour security given to him by multiple armed guards and at no expense of his own is totally out of touch with the security needs of the average Californian, the normal, average, everyday person who goes to work and raises a family every single day. That person cannot afford an army of SWAT officers to protect him 24-7. Hell, if I could afford to pay a few guys with guns to follow me around and protect me all day and night, I don't think I'd even carry. Well, I probably would. Who are we kidding? Anyway, all right, back to Newsom. Totally unqualified. What about his past makes him any kind of expert on constitutional law or self-defense or rights or much of anything? Listen, if I wanted advice on men's hair care products, I'd go to Gavin. If I wanted advice on wine making and wine drinking or wine over drinking, I might go see what Gavin had to say. If I wanted some advice on how to plunge a state into a government-forced recession, again, I'd ask Gavin. If I was curious about the pluses and minuses of sleeping with my best friend's wife behind his back, well, then I'd ask Gavin. These are all things that Gavin is really good at because he has real experience, real-world actual experience when it comes to recessions and over-drinking hair care products and, of course, hitting on his best friend's wife. But when it comes to my rights to keep and bear arms and when it comes to my safety and self-defense, Gavin, take a seat. Get out of our way and, frankly, shut your trap. Hanging your political agenda on the gravestones of crime victims is a classless and dishonest as we already know you to be. This decision, built on the back of the Heller and McDonald decision, will go down in Second Amendment legal history as an important and historic decision. People like Newsom will come and go, but our rights will not go quietly into the night and will not fade. People will continue to infringe, but with organizations like San Diego County Gun Owners and Firearms Policy Coalition around, it will not be long before your rights are restored forever. Thank you to all of our members who are part of the historic victory. It's one of many and one of many more to come. As we like to say, together we will win. And from now on, we will say, together we will win again. So, Gavin, beat it. And that is this week's Mic Drop. Mic Drop. And you know the best thing? What's that? He admitted we slapped him in the face. <laughs> when do we ever get that joy? That's the best. If you can slap somebody in the face and then they, they just look at you it? and say, hey, you just smacked me in the face. 
you and know, we're going to smack him again? You know, it was a good sign. We're going to smack him again, oh. figuratively and politically. Shouldn't it be nice if we just all lined up? You know, just walked up, just everybody just slapped him one good one. I'd be afraid. It would all just slide. All that hair product, uh, it would yeah, all just. get all sticky. and It would all just slide right off. And I don't I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be anywhere near that. I know. I couldn't believe it. Um, sure you, you know, could. he's just a horrible sure guy. He's just a horrible governor. I can't wait to recall him. We got we got the, the signatures, so. Yeah, we just can't let that slip. Because, you know, he's got a 60% approval rating all of a sudden. 60%. All it takes is a pencil. You can just write 60% approval <laughs> rating. It works. All right, folks. Hey, if you're listening on YouTube or the podcast, do us a favor. Hit the like and subscribe button and share the show with as many friends as you can. And please support all our great sponsors like San Diego County Gun Owners, 10 bucks. Come on. U.S. Law Shield. I think that's $11. The Dillon Law Group, in case you ever get in trouble. Seal One, PRMI Mortgage, Blackhound Optics, and National Concealed Carry Association. And a big shout-out to Joe Germisi, Michael Schwartz, and Melissa Lee, Sam the Gunman, and our digital meister, Brendan Thomas. And go to gunownersradio.com for the podcast and latest information. And remember, together we will win. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Oh, Bob Siegel's coming. Bob Siegel's coming. Bob Siegel's coming. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.